From the wheat fields of the thumb to the cherry trees on the third coast, Michigan grows more than 300 different foods and products that we all enjoy every day. We're on a mission to find every local restaurant, manufacturer, and food company sourcing their ingredients right here in the mitten. And in the process, bridge the gap between the farm and your fork. We want to introduce you to all things Michigan agriculture and food. This is Michigan AF. Promoting the great work that Michigan farmers do every day takes a team of passionate individuals who love sharing stories and information about agriculture. Today, I am joined by two of those passionate people, our Michigan-grown, Michigan-great ambassadors, Zoe Zupin and Emma Waller. Zoe and Emma have been traveling throughout the state this year, connecting with consumers and promoting our brand. They've joined us today to share more about their experiences, how agriculture has shaped their lives and career aspirations, and to answer some questions from our listeners. Welcome to the podcast, Emma and Zoe. Thank you, Noelle. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Zoe Zupin. I'm a 20-year-old. Um, I'm from Kentwood, Michigan, which is about 10, 15 minutes from Grand Rapids. Um, I kind of got involved in agriculture through FFA at Caledonia High School. Um, but before that, my both of my parents worked for MDARD. My mom worked for fruit and veg division, so she did a lot with fruits and vegetables. And my dad does PPM, so plant and pesticide management. So he does a lot with uh, checking on nurseries and greenhouses. And then my grandpa also has a uh, feedlot down in Delton, Michigan. Hello, everyone. My name is Emma, um, and I'm from Montague, Michigan. So I've grown up on my um, family's farm. We grow a lot of row crops like corn, soybeans, wheat, and alfalfa. But then we also um, have... 200 acres of asparagus. So I've grown up working on the farm with my family, um, but I've also been a part of 4-H where I was able to raise a lot of different livestock animals. And then I also competed within FFA. FFA is actually how Emma and I met. Uh, we were both in the exact same region. For those of you who don't know what FFA is, it's a leadership organization um, that does a lot with agriculture and natural resources, and they have different regions. And we were both from Region 5, and so we got to compete against each other. And that's how we kind of knew each other. And now we actually go to the MSU together. Um, so I am studying crop and soil science. Um, we're both juniors here, so we're able to see each other a lot and um, kind of relate back to our agricultural backgrounds through school as well. Um, and I was able to cho choose crop and soil science as my major just because I've grown up around the crop aspect. I've really loved that. Um, but in my future, I really want to be able to help farmers have a higher yield within their crops while still being environmentally friendly. So that's kind of one of my goals and something that I'm working towards. What kind of crops do you want to work on, Emma? Um, I think I really just want to do row crops. I mean, that's kind of what I've always been around. I really do love the corn and soybeans. Um, so that's kind of something that it's throughout Michigan. Maybe you want to go outside of Michigan. I haven't really decided yet, but yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> so for our listeners who don't know what row crops are, could you kind of give like a brief explanation of what a row crop is? Yeah, so a row crop is just your typical kind of like corn, soybeans, those are the um two most common ones um but 
it's like your um, grain crops almost. And there's specialty crops, which Michigan also has a lot of um, because we are the second most diverse state um, within crop production in the United States. So specialty crops that would fall under like apples, cherries, asparagus, potatoes, carrots, um, kind of more that you don't you don't hear about every day within the farm world. For sure. And like I, we both have said, Emma and I are both from the West Side, and the West Side has lots of specialty crops, especially with fruits and vegetables, just because of Lake Michigan. So that's super cool. Um, kind of like Emma, I chose my major just because of the way I grew up. Uh, I did grow up outside of Grand Rapids, so I grew up in a pretty suburban city area. But because of my parents' jobs and uh, my extended family, what they did for a living, agriculture just had always been a big part of my life. And I would spend a lot of my childhood, like, especially as I got older, educating people about um, the farm life, even if I didn't realize it when I was younger. I would always talk about cows and all the fun stuff we did, like picking sweet corn. And so as I got older, I just decided that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was educate people, whether that was um, at a public education level or through extension. And I've just really settled on doing public education because I love getting to hang around kids. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing this past year as ambassadors for Michigan Grown, Michigan Great. Yeah, so on this past year, especially in the summer, we were able to go um, all around the state, really, and go to different farmers markets, um, different festivals, and kind of just represent Michigan agriculture as a whole. So our job has really been being able to connect the consumer to the farmer and educate the consumer on where their food is coming from and how important Michigan agriculture is. So one of my favorite events that I was able to do on this summer was the farmers market at the Capitol. So this is where vendors from all over Michigan get to go right on the Capitol lawn um, and set up their tents and everything. And it's a big farmer's market. And it was just really cool to be able to see all those um, different vendors, also talking like with the consumers and then even some government officials about Michigan's agriculture, all of our different commodities that we have, um, and just kind of how important that we are and how that is to our state. Zoe, what was your favorite? My favorite was definitely going to um, tour Michigan Sugar. So as we have mentioned before, we're from the West Side, and the West Side does not have any sugar beets. Um, that is just something we don't have over here. Where the East Side of the state, especially the Thumb, has lots of sugar beets. So I've never gotten to see a sugar beet, hold one, eat one. And so when we got to tour it, it was a lot of fun just getting to see uh, what they actually look like and how they're uh harvested and how they're stored. So that was a lot of fun that we got to do through the Michigan Grow Michigan Great program. Yeah, I guess one thing too that I would like want to add is while we were at these farmers markets and on um, the different festivals and everything, we were really able to connect with those consumers and be able to answer their different questions that they had. Um, not only about our commodities here that we have in Michigan, but also like about the farmers personally. Um, so we'd have some that they would tell us about how their different connections they had with farmers. But then there are also some consumers that really just had a lot of questions. Um, and I guess one thing that I really thought that they um, cared about most is like what the farmers thought. Um, and so like we were just trying to be able to um, 
convey the message that the farmers, they really care about what they're doing. Um, they care about their livelihood. They're consuming this food as well. So obviously they want the best um, for everyone. And I guess one big important thing is that they want the best for the environment too. So that's kind of one stereotype that a lot of people have against farmers um, is that they're just trying, they're like, ruining the environment in a way um but really they want the best for the environment um and they're doing their best to stay environmentally friendly mm -hmm. for sure they say that farmers are stewards of the land and i think we really got the opportunity to convey that message to consumers this uh past season so how would you say some of the experiences that you've had as ambassadors are going to really help you as you move forward, both uh, in your coursework at MSU and then in your future careers? So the ambassador experience, it was actually really cool to see the stuff that I learned through the program and uh, about our culture and the people I interact with and how it was able to connect with my coursework so much. Um, in our culture education at Michigan State, you take a lot of intro classes to all sorts of different um, things related to our culture and natural resources. So I've taken an intro to animal science, an intro to crop and soil science, and like an intro to forestry, just for example. So all sorts of different things relating to our culture. And a lot of the stuff I learned uh, over this year from the ambassador program, I was able to relate back to my intro to crop and soil science class. In that class, we talk about lots of um, crops that are grown in Michigan, and a lot of that information I already knew, and I was able to visualize in my head from already seeing it, especially with the sugar beets, uh, since I had never seen the sugar beets before. Um, and the program just really helped me to prepare me to be able to interact with different types of people who have all sorts of knowledge of our culture from people who know everything, well, not everything, but know a lot about our culture to people who have never really experienced it. So just being able to relate that information to them in a way that they can understand and become passionate about Michigan agriculture. Yeah, I would agree. And then another thing, too, that I think that the ambassador program helped me with is definitely my communication skills. Um, so I've taken a lot of the intro classes, like Zoe said, here at school. But um, two other important classes that I've really learned a lot from are the hands-on like weed science class and then the pest management class. And whenever you say pesticides and insecticides, that's always kind of a big it rings a big bell for a lot of consumers. Um, so kind of being able to use what I've learned within those classes, um, also within the ambassador program, and just being able to help the consumers really understand more what the word pesticide and insecticide means, especially when it's going on um, our crops that they're then consuming. Yeah, and I think Emma, having that knowledge from those classes probably helps you to reassure consumers that what we're putting in our food is safe and made made the consumer feel even more reassured because they knew that we have smart girls learning it. Yes, I mean, like, just like we were just talking about, too. I mean, the farmer, yes, they're putting the pesticide or insecticide on the crop, but they're also consuming it as well. And they wouldn't be consuming something that they didn't think was safe yet that they're using to then feed our world. Yeah, that's a great perspective on it. So I know that uh, in preparation for this episode, you all took to social media and asked if anybody had any questions that they wanted to ask about agriculture or, uh, you know, just anything that they wanted to know. So I figured I would let you kind of jump into that and share some of those questions and your answers. 
So we had a lot of great questions. Uh, one of the first ones we got was, what are some farm tour experience for dietitians and chefs? Uh, there's not, right now, there isn't a big tour, like I guess a specific tour for dietitians or chefs, uh, but a bunch of our commodity groups offer resources where you can still learn about like nutrition and like the process of some of the different commodities. So uh, United Dairy Industry of Michigan has some resources for that. And then our website, Michigan Grow Michigan Great, uh, also has resources about virtual tours um, and they can kind of direct you to more information on that. So another question um, we were asked were, what are some of the things that Michigan's ag industry or commodities are doing to encourage the next generation of farmers to stay within agriculture? Um, and so some big thing is the big things that they are doing to help encourage this next generation is the advancements of technology. Um, definitely a lot of scholarships, a lot of different colleges, um, high schools, different programs are offering scholarships to help with that financial aid um, into these different programs. Um, and a lot of community colleges as well are starting to implement different agricultural programs through their community college. So then those students could be able to, to still stay at home if they wanted, um, but still be able to have the agricultural program. And then there's also FFA and 4-H, um, like Zoe and I both said we were a part of, and those are really focused on helping the younger generations. Um, I know I joined 4-H when I was four, so even as as young as that, um, just to really have a part within agriculture, learn about it, but then also grow from that too. So another question we got was, how does the dairy industry impact the economy for Michigan? And the dairy industry is very important for Michigan. Um, it supplies 40,000 jobs. So that's including like the farms and the processors and a bunch of other uh, indirect ways that the dairy industry is um, impacting jobs. And it also supplies $15.7 billion. So lots of money um, is going into our economy thanks to the dairy industry. Um, the farm bill was uh, something else that was hit on within our questions, like what is the farm bill? So the farm bill is an agricultural and food policy that's made by the federal government. So this happens every five years. And actually this upcoming year in 2023, um, the farm bill will be renewed. So we'll look or we'll listen for that more in the future um, and what the next five years can hold. So another question we got was, where do Michigan commodities go to be sold if they go in-state or out-of-state? So depending on the commodity, um, most of them will be staying within the state or going out-of-state and actually out-of-the-country. Um, if they're going out-of-state or out-of-the-country, um, they have to be inspected by an MDARD employee. So MDARD is the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development. They basically oversee agriculture in the state of Michigan. And so, like I mentioned before, both my parents were MDARD employees. So what they have to do, depending on what commodity it is, they have to will go to inspect it to make sure that there's nothing wrong with it, that if it goes over wherever it's going, it's not going to be um, bringing anything over there that is bad for them. Because obviously, like, for example, our weather and our ecosystem here in Michigan is a lot different than it is in California. So they have to inspect it to make sure that um, anything on there um, is not going to be bad for the state of California. So after they um, inspect it and that they pass everything, they will write um, a certificate 
um, for them to just say that, hey, this is good, it can be gone, and it will go. And then the same thing will happen when we import things into our state as well. So another question we were asked are, what crops are grown in the UP? So being from Michigan, sometimes we do forget about the Upper Peninsula, unfortunately, but there are crops um, grown within the Upper Peninsula. So the four most common crops would be barley, alfalfa, potatoes, and carrots. Um, So 65% of the barley grown in Michigan is actually from the Upper Peninsula. So a lot of our barley comes from up there. That's really cool, Emma. I actually, I didn't know that that was such a huge percentage was from there. And then another thing that I think of when I think of the UP that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is agriculture is logging. I mean, it's not crops, but the logging industry in the UP is um, essential for Michigan economy. And then speaking of trees, another question we got was how many Christmas trees are grown in Michigan? Um, And Michigan is actually third in the nation for Christmas tree production. Um, Every year they supply about 1.7 million trees, which is about 37,000 acres. So that's a lot of Christmas trees uh, that are being supplied by Michigan. Yes, for sure. Um, And then going back to what Zoe, what you're talking about earlier with the sugar beets, we actually got a question um, and it was, why are sugar beets grown mostly on the east side of the state and not the west side? So a lot of times the sugar beets are grown in the thumb of Michigan, and they aren't very commonly grown over on the west side where we're from. But sugar beets have to grow on loamy dirt, and West Michigan has either very light soil or very heavy soil. So there's not really much loamy soil over there. And there are also many sugar beet factories within the thumb, which makes the trucking of the beets less expensive for them to be over there. So there's also much less tilling on the west side. And then the sugar beets need well-drained soil um, in order to grow efficiently. Now, Emma, for people who don't know, could you maybe explain a little bit about what loam is? Yeah, so loam soil um, is equally proportionate with sand, silt, and clay. So like over on the west side, we either have pretty clay kind of soil or pretty sandy kind of soil. So we don't really have an even mixture of that. We're over in the thumb. It's more evenly proportionate between our three different soil textures. That's awesome. Um, And so another question we got is what is Michigan ranked first in? Uh, so we're ranked first in a lot of things, actually. Um, we are ranked first in asparagus, tart cherries, um, cucumbers for pickling, and then three different dry beans. So black, cranberry, and small red, chestnuts, winter squash, and tur- turnips. And if you actually go to our website, you can find out more information on what we're ranked in. We have everything for um, up to like the top 10 ranks. So you can see all the commodities that are in the top 10 ranks na- nationwide. Yeah, so this is just a more important reason to help to buy locally grown products from Michigan. Um, so within our website, we explain that as well. But within all of our diversity here in Michigan, um, buying local is just fresher food for the consumers like us. It helps our local economy and it helps support our local farmers in our area. So that's one, the biggest thing I would say that we've gotten out of our ambassador program is to really be able to explain consumers why it's so important to buy locally grown products products from our farmers throughout the state. And actually a fun fact is I'm going to have Emma talk about it real quick. It's about what her family does with their asparagus. 
Yeah, so my family um, grows asparagus, like I said before. So I'm from Oceana County, which is actually the asparagus capital of the world. Um, So that's kind of a little fun fact about me. But all of our asparagus that we're growing during season, which is normally the first week in May to either the second or third week in June, um, we're direct shipping it to Meyer, our local Meyer stores within the west side of the state. Um, so we're shipping out every single day. And that's just something that a lot of consumers um don't really know about something that isn't really advertised very much, but a large corporation just like Meyer is supplying my farm's asparagus um, that my family has all worked together on. And then the consumers are able to get that fresh product. Um, so that's something that's really special to me. That's something that I'm hoping we can advance more within my future. I would love to see all of our grocery stores full of that local produce, but then I'd also like to see it advertised as the local produce as well. So that's um, something that we're really hoping for within the future um, and one of our goals. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that will help to bring like a face to the food that uh, consumers are eating. Zoe, in the same respect, uh, can you explain a little bit about how someone could know if the milk that they're picking up at the grocery store was uh, processed and was made here in Michigan? So I love telling this fun fact to people. So if you look on your milk, um, about say like around the expiration date, a little bit below it, there will be some numbers. And if it says 26 on it, uh, that means it's from Michigan. So Michigan is the 26th state, hence the number 26. So that's a good way you can check to see if you're you're getting your dairy from local Michiganders. Awesome. Thank you. And I think we've hit all of our questions, correct? Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you for the great work that you've done as ambassadors this year. It's been such a pleasure to work with you. Thank you so much, Noelle, for having us. Yeah. yeah thank you, Noelle. I've really enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun. Great. So if you're someone who is passionate about agriculture and you want to help us promote Michigan Grown, Michigan Great, we are currently looking for our next group of ambassadors. This is an opportunity that you can use to connect with consumers and farmers. You can support Michigan agriculture and locally grown foods, and you can grow your skills too. If you're interested in learning more, please visit michigangrown.org ambassador. And be sure to join us next time when we discover more people, food, and drinks that are Michigan AF. The Michigan AF podcast is a project of the Michigan Ag Council and the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great campaign. We are a coalition of farmers and agribusinesses committed to providing the best possible foods and products for our neighbors, communities, and the state we all love. To hear more podcasts and to learn about Michigan's agriculture-diverse sector, visit michigangrown.org.